I broke my toe yesterday. How do you know? I'm a doctor. Because you're, you're a doctor. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> But isn't it the thing that people like break their toe loads of times and they don't know they've broken their toe? The little toe, yeah. I, in fact, you know what I can do for the first time ever? Are you going to break your toe live on the podcast so that we can all hear it? Yeah, well, I'm going to show you my toe. Oh, no. Are you ready? How are you going to show people who are listening? Shall I describe it? I'm sharing my screen. I want to know what the three little green dots are. That's unrelated to the injury. <laughs> So for those listening, if you want an audio experience of my toe, it is the great toe on my right foot. The, the big toe? The big toe. Why the, the great toe? Is that the medical term? Yeah, I think it sounds grander to call it the great toe. The the hallux. And it's boggy. It's a bit swollen. It's purpuric. <laughs> it's not, it's bruised. And it's tender. I'm it's unable three, to wait there. Three little green dots on it. And three little green dots. Why does it have three little green dots? This is actually because I had a bit of time left over with the <laughs> tattoo artist. Oh my God. And I was like, well, what can you do briefly? Can you just give me three dots? So she just gave you three little dots on your toe? Yeah. Did she charge you for it? So it was done in two sec sections. So there was the... The main bit, which took mm. seven or eight hours, very painful. If anyone who hasn't had a tattoo and is considering it, it's quite sore. Um, and then the middle, like there was a final touch that she was like, oh, you have to come back for that. But, you know, it's like it's like in a restaurant. I don't know whether this ever happens to you. It happens to me constantly where they bring over one free portion of bread at the start of the meal. And then you're a bit hungry. And so you say, oh, can we have some more bread, please? And sometimes which I think is a bit of a dick move. Sometimes they charge for the second bread. Oh, really? Do you know what I mean? I feel like it should all be, if you're willing to give me some bread, as long as I don't take the piss, give me a bit more bread for free. That's how I feel about it. But anyway. So they must the, feel like the second bread is taking the piss. It's taking the piss. But then their incentive is to give you a tiny bit of bread first time. And then charge me for like, the upsell. Oh, yeah, I want some more bread because the, or to give you nice too much bread. dip. Yeah. So I suppose my question is, was the three dots, that's like you asking for the second bread basket. Was, yeah. was that on the bill or not? That was on the bill. The three dots were on the bill. Oh, no, sorry. It was it was complimentary in, in your analogy. Good to hear. So Good to hear. Yeah. So you, you went back for, you'd mm. paid for the starter. You were then paying for a main. Yeah, and it was visit. like the mints at the end or the, the Turkish said, delight on the stick I, with the, which you probably can't have. I think I can have okay. Turkish Delight. I suppose as long as it's a nut-free one. Sometimes some that's delight? the problem. Where? Diff you get different varieties, don't you? It's like the rose one, the one with pistachios in. So. Oh, right. God, I wasn't even... I, so I think Turkish Delight, I think of two things. I think of the 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 purple packet, which is made, made oh, probably yeah. like Cadbury's. Like chocolate. I mean, that one's very delight. safe, I think. But and, if I was in your position yeah, and I was no, offered like a... One an unlabeled Turkish delight at the end of a restaurant meal. I'd avoid. Not worth it. Yeah. I'll think about that in future. That might save my life. So we've managed to get from breaking my toe onto that, but... 
we went on my stag oh, do. Yeah, that was brilliant. Didn't we? I wasn't sure to mention that because I don't know how... It didn't get too debaucherous, but it was like, how how much do you want that public? <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, like, as far as I know and remember, nothing That's true. bad happened. It wasn't the dirtiest stag do. Like, there was no strippers involved. You weren't chained to a dwarf or anything. So... That's true. Yeah. Got away quite lightly. I was made to look like a, a Commodore in the British Navy in around, like, what will it be, like 18, like the 1800s, probably like the mid 1800s. Exactly. Yeah. Is that right? I, I'm not, my like, my nautical history is not the best, but I bet I'm not far off. Well, we, we did a nautical podcast and nobody corrected us on our analogies, so we must have got That's it true. spot on. So we yeah. just say whatever the hell we want. So I was a Commodore of a, of a, in the British Navy in 1845, probably, um, with a pink skirt on and was made to drink a lot of tequila in, in, despite me saying, like, please, anything but tequila. But obviously it's it's the reverse, isn't it? Like, on a stag do, whatever it you It was that for, that made me sad because... So I should have well, said... Because, yeah, you, you were like, I'm fully willing to have any shots you give me, but just not tequila. And surely any other shot still achieves the same objective. But why the one drink that you have to have salt and lime just to make it palatable? Yeah. It's just objectively awful. I, I can't imagine anybody, and I know I'm, by talking to you about this, like I am preaching to the choir, but I can't imagine anybody enjoys it. Yeah, I mean, there was nice cocktails that they made and all of, some of them were actually like, oh, that's all right. But the whole time you're just thinking it would be nicer without the vodka in it or without the tequila in it. I learned two things. I think, I, yeah, I learned two, two key things on it. One of them was Chris Williamson. When it comes to anything that involves hand-eye coordination and somebody <laughs> else's downfall. It has to be that combination. Accurate. It's yeah, anything in a things. sport where so it like, involves... Dragging someone else down a couple of points. And him having to like do something very specific one time. He has one go to do something very specific, but if he gets it, it means that person has a terrible time for 10 minutes. He'll get it every time. So I, we, we went to flight school. Flight club. Yeah. I think it's something like that. Flight club. Um, involved throwing darts and he always Sabotage managed to like someone else's game. knock someone out. Or And then did you see where someone... We were playing beer pong and someone put a lime, like balanced a lime on the end of a cup. So beer pong's hard from an accuracy perspective to begin with. Someone balanced a line, the line on the end of the cup and said, if someone knocks that off, Johnny's got to drink these three tequilas. So obviously I'm like, fuck, here we go. But, but then you think like on balance, like people are struggling. People are struggling to, to hit things which are like four or five times the size. No one's going to knock the lime off. Chris with his big, bowling pin of a forearm just first attempt knocks it off so that was the first thing i learned the second thing i over the last so my fitbit died so i started wearing my whoop band again i still don't really think it adds much value it's interesting um but i i got like a week and a half of data then a stag do then a, another week of data and i had like green recovery all throughout the whole week and then my stag do, I didn't know whoop went this low, 
my, the morning after the first night of my stag do was a 1% recovery on whoop. <laughs> like my HRV was like eight or something like that. Horrible. I don't know what it that a, means. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> just it's because your life is so optimized and routinized. And then suddenly, yeah, Warhead. just 10 to 12 people deliberately trying to knock your whoop score effectively. <laughs> it's as if they were given the target. Like, how can we yeah. reduce his HRV? Like, what would you do to Johnny tonight to make sure he has a loud noises, recovery? blue lights flashing in random pattern and lots of alcohol, lots of toxins. <laughs> and and not much sleep. I think I went to bed at like 3.30 on the first night, which was supposed to be the easy night. And I'm so, my my circadian rhythm is so like locked in. That I just woke Horrible. up at 6am. Couldn't go back to sleep again. So I'm lying at 6am, like trying not to be sick. Lots of deep breaths. Thinking like, it'll be nice to go back to sleep again. Regretting all the like caffeinated alcoholic drinks that I was bought at one in the morning. And uh, staring at my whoop score. Thinking, well, what's the point? Well, today we wanted to cover some more of the terrible business mistakes that we've made over the years. Wasted time, wasted money so that we can at least save you from making the same mistakes. If you've missed the previous one, we will link to it in the description because it required multiple episodes. That's how that's how many we've made over the last 14 years of running propane. I think the only thing we gained was banter. <laughs> Not Good even banter. wisdom, just, just banter and embarrassing banter. stories. So let's jump in. We have got paying £6,000 for a website. Yeah, so the, this one was from a web agency that I'm not going to name, but it rhymes with plop to blabs. <laughs> and I mean, it looked really nice um, at the end after the 14 months that it took to, to develop and the multiple meetings and problems that we dealt with in the meantime. Was it, was this like, because we had a whiteboard day, didn't we? We used to have mm. lots of whiteboard days, which was, we actually went to the to the lengths of, of like hiring a room in a library. It was around the time, it was around the time yeah. I quit, maybe a bit before. Um, quit fi uh, finance. And we like drew out this diagram of what we wanted the website to look like. And we borrowed all these bits from various other websites, sent this brief to Blop to Blabs. And they were like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And it was a lot of money. I think it ended up being six grand. Every, Which all I think in, was over multiple. all the money we had. <laughs> it was most of the money. But it's a web, we're a business on the internet and that's a website. So of course you need a website. What a, what a, what better way oh, to spend yeah. your money than on a website? Um, But the thing, I think the analogy that you gave, which I can still remember was like, we ended up speaking to different members of the team the whole time. So there'd be like team A, which had like, four people on and we got to know them really well and they're really helpful and then we wouldn't hear from them for three weeks so we contacted the the like the main desk again and someone new would reply and say ah oh, unfortunately you know they they don't I'm work the team no longer and, and, and working for us now you'll have to speak to big hole 
<laughs> you said it's like all that's happening here is you've got a broom and you change the handle and you change the head then you change the handle and you change the head and you've still got a broom but it's nothing it like was, the original version oh, what a and frustrating experience because the uh the staff turnover was so high and then you're on a meeting and they're like okay so who, who are you guys like and and what what is it that you what is it you're yeah. looking for and you're like i thought we were like almost at end stage completion of this project and they're like well oh, no well we're, we're a new team now so you'll need to explain and start yeah. from scratch and you're like, oh, here we go we'll, we'll put you in touch with our seo guy because he's really good i'm like um okay oh, yeah, God. do we want an seo guy i don't know we just want a website sounds like we do we're on the internet we're a business on the internet we need a website seo that's an internet thing like yeah i'll have some of that please but the i think that like the key thing from that is we we probably did make the money back, but in a very indirect way. I think not in the way that everybody expects will happen with a website where you launch a website and people come to it and they buy loads of things. Like we'll have had, min if any, mm. traffic at all at the beginning. So luckily nowadays, the development and the web building tools are so much better that for 6K, you could get yeah. a really nice bespoke website, but actually it's you don't need to spend that. The people we work with, we don't recommend that they spend any more than 500 quid on a website because or do you can do it yourself. Like you can buy or don't a bother template off Graphic, Graphic River or use one of the Elementor templates or anything or actually WordPress, the new version of it, version 6.2 or something, is full site development now. So you can completely customize it with no coding knowledge. So really, yes, Obviously, if you're terrible at this stuff, outsource it. But that's kind of a thing of the past. And you can build quite a nice looking professional website that does everything you need, which in our opinion is a place to house your content and a place to generate an opt-in. You don't need much more than that. People often ask if they've seen the, um, the main training we have. If you've not seen that, propinfitness.com forward slash business podcast. If you're on, if you're listening via podcast, um, that like explains the high level system we we teach and run, and everyone says like, but there's no, you never mentioned having a website in this. Like, where does a website fit into it? And I think like the key thing is we don't mention a website yeah. in it. Like, you need web pages, but you don't need a website in the tr the traditional sense where you would you know, www.propinfitness.com. There's like a home page and about me page and products page and all that sort of stuff. What what those what a website in the traditional sense is great for is like a it's a digital business card. So someone sees you, sees you or hears about you or is considering working with you or is maybe going through your marketing, they've opted in through an ad, they'll probably Google you or they might look you up on social media to see if you're real. But you, if you launch a website these days, you've got, you're not getting any traffic to it unless you already have a source of traffic from something else yeah. or a following. It, it increases your credibility rates, your legitimacy, because people will search for you. Now, I realize that we have a website that we actively update and is quite a big asset for us and as a, as a business, we're not saying don't do a website. It's just saying it's one of the content platforms that you can use and search-based content is very powerful. That's why we do a lot of stuff on YouTube. We do a lot of stuff on Spotify because Instagram, you can post something two days later, people have forgotten about you, but a website, a YouTube channel, whatever it's traffic that you control, particularly a website because you, you actually own it. So and you can rank on Google, but there's a big time cost of getting a website that ranks highly on Google. So 
you've only got a certain number of chips of bandwidth of time of energy to spend so pick your platform and go all into it but it's very possible to be a successful online fitness coach without a website next business mistake was tripwire funnel into a 37 pound program into a downsell and then into an upsell so that might have sounded like marketing gobbledygook to you that's because it is. So just, just to briefly explain what that is, a tripwire is a quite aptly named offer that you have on a web page that's low priced and it's enough to just discern people who are freeloaders from people who will be willing to pay more than one pound for something. The problem is we like that's to discern, determine people who will buy your flagship program. We kind of blew our load by making the flagship program a 37 pound product and then downselling and then upselling and taking people through a really convoluted sales process rather than just here's what we offer here's the problem we solve if you'd like to work with us get in touch it's a i i don't you don't hear it talked about that much these days i guess tripwires but it was a very russell brunson thing digital marketer, a, comp uh, a very popular brand, we're very big on it. This idea of like have a four to 37 pound thing. So you download a free lead magnet and then it's like, hey, do you want this thing that's only seven pounds? And then the theory being that once someone, as you say, like once someone's bought the seven pound thing, they'd bought, buy the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And that was actually why we made uh, Faster Fat Loss and the V Taper Manual, which still exist and they're brilliant. And our complete programs that people follow for months and months and months. And we sold them for to people who just in the hope that they would then buy something else. And then we tried putting the propane protocol there for £37, which is unbelievable. So, all's well that ends well. well. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, like, what is the lesson from that? Probably just that simple things uh, is what scales and, and like, comp complexity the number of things you have to optimize in a funnel like that, um, it's endless and it's so easy for it to break. Um, and it's also so e like the people who buy the seven pound thing, we'd get people like complaining. We'd get people saying I bought it by accident. We'd get people buying it twice. We'd get people unable to download it. Like you would not believe the number of people who would complain as a percentage of like a high one, you know, one-to-one -one clients. There's definitely um, a rule of the universe that the less someone pays for a product, the more of a pain in the ass they are. Um, and I guess there's many factors that cause that, but yeah, we have, we have genuinely had what Johnny's just mentioned there, which is I bought this seven pound product by accident. Like I didn't mean to type in my name, my credit card number, my <laughs> postcode, and then press order. And then press I can remember someone emailing about faster fat loss of the V taper and like complaining because there was nothing new in it and wanting a refund. And I gave this person like far too much in my headspace and ended up in like a back and forth with them of like, well, what were you expecting? It's not about it being something new. It's about it being something that works. I think we still and refunded them. We should have just refunded Because it was like five we pounds, did. but it's more just like, this is, you know, you, well, first of all, do you go to the cinema and because you didn't like the film, ask for a refund? I bet well, people who do. fine. <laughs> but also, like, the principles of fat loss are not supposed to be something new. You shouldn't be expecting to learn something new. Like, 
it's a method that if you solve it, it's yeah. not an entertaining book. It's it's like do this for six weeks or for 12 weeks and then your body will improve. If we had figured out something new about fat loss, like I don't think you'd have bought it for, for a fiver on the internet. This is a problem with the fitness industry in general that the, the industry and engagement optimizes for people that bring a new idea, not necessarily a correct idea. And so that's why fad diets that are more and more mental come, come about because if it's crazy and new, it's polarizing, it gains traction, doesn't have to work, it just has to be new. You've so accurately summed up like well, basically everything that's wrong with not only the fitness industry, but just social media. It's a shame. Nice positive what it is. Um, it is. It's a, it's a pity. Yeah. So pressing boost post. Oh, I know this is close to So I still have the, yeah, there's still, I can still recall the like back and forth chat between those two of us and a third director who used to be involved in the business at the time. And we were like building up to running our first Facebook ad and, um, I pressed boost post, added like 40 different interests because everybody's going to like bodybuilding and supplements and fitness and all these other interests. Um, my protein, all the, I was like, wow, look at all this stuff. People are definitely interested in this. We spent like 300 quid and just got nothing back. And I, I hear like that story from so many people we speak to saying like our ads don't work. It's like, what you mean is firing a shotgun at a huge target and then trying to measure what happened is what is, you know, that didn't work. It's like spending 300 pounds on a 400 million person audience is probably not going to work. Um, there's so many things wrong with boost post. People call it like Facebook's make more money, button. um, but, but in essence, it's, it's an encouragement to, to spend more money because you people, they think, oh, well, if a post's doing well, if it's getting more likes, it's getting more comments. If I boost it, then something will happen actually the way you set up ads is far more specific and precise and you want to go after one interest and one ad copy you want to isolate variables so you know exactly what works rather than all of this might work so let's do it all at once that's basically what's wrong with boost post um that's l luckily we learned that lesson quite quickly so it wasn't too expensive that problem next business mistake we've made was building a facebook page to eighteen thousand likes that then amounted to nothing so this was our propane fitness Facebook page. You can still find it. You can like it if you want. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it because Facebook mm -hmm. will never show you anything from it anyway. And this is just the nature of social media. You know, that as, as their priorities change, someone in Facebook in a meeting on a Friday afternoon decided, do you know what? Facebook business pages have had it too easy. We're going to just tank that. We're going to, the new thing is groups. So overnight, the engagement on our posts went from, I think easily a hundred plus likes on every post to one or zero and very few people seeing them. Yeah. Cause you could see the reach on the bottom of the post that like you could see how many people had seen it and it, it was 10% if that, um, the, the lesson from that is that we were the chumps for investing too much of our chips into one platform. You know, yes, you have to mm. build a following in general, but you're renting traffic from any of these sources and they don't have your best interests at heart. So the goal is you rent the traffic, you get people's attention, you offer some value and you get them onto your email list as soon as possible. Turn it into traffic that you control rather than traffic that you rent. 
the it is like running a business on the internet 101 that isn't it i think that that lesson's probably of all the lessons you'll listen to in this podcast and the previous episodes this is the thing that's still happening today it's like you know in the big short at the end of the big short they're like and banks are still selling these structured products that are called something else. And I know one's yeah. doing anything about it. Like this is the set. People are doing the same thing. People did the same thing with Instagram. People are now doing the same thing with TikTok. They're so focused on the following and the engagement, forgetting that really all that's happening is that they're just following the same tra trajectory, feed-based products anyway. I think it is different for YouTube and search-based products, but places where it's like you're, you're, you're competing for a space on a feed that is infinite, there's always going to be this problem. So yeah, build your email list. Still um, happens with search-based products. Like, People get websites shut down or copyright strikes true. or whatever. So, you know, you're, you're building, you're still building equity, but <clears throat> capture that traffic. You know, you still have to play the game, but just make sure you don't put all your eggs in that goose. <laughs> There's some, uh, and it's two geese in the basket is worth two in the hand, isn't it? Exactly. That's what that's what they always say. People people then re, people's retort to that as well. But email open rates are going down, and email is not what it was. And but like there are some crazy stats on email. If you look at the number of people who make buying decisions from emails, the number of people who email is the first thing they open in the morning, the number of like the amount of screen time for email on a phone versus other social media apps, it's still insanely high. And I think like there's an interesting trend that we notice that if somebody if someone buys from us, generally they've also opened quite a few marketing emails and they'll also respond to emails that we send them. And if someone, you're just getting attacked by light. If someone like doesn't have a real email address, doesn't respond to emails, doesn't check emails, they, they also tend not to be customers. I don't know why that happens, but I just think a lot of, a lot of like serious minded people who are looking to purchase something and make changes in their life, probably email and like read emails and treat their email quite seriously. You know, the updates I get over email are quite important. Yeah, it's a sign that you've got your life together. I mean, my my partner, I'm going to shame her here, has got 43,000 unread emails. And when I was first, you know, early on in a relationship, I was like, man, this is a red flag. I'm concerned about this. Yeah. But it turns out she's just got a different system for dealing with it. I don't agree with that system. I think it's abhorrent. But, you know, we have our differences <laughs> and that's okay. So does, does she like force press them and open She them only opens the ones that are. are relevant and then leaves them for indexing. But my, my counter to that obviously is how do you know where you're up to in the, in the list? Well, she's also presumably, she just like remembers what the last number was. Like, how do you know whether you've got new emails? To, to look at you'd be like oh well it's forty three thousand and five <laughs> today and it was <laughs> yeah so that's not we'll we'll, we'll get upset we'll both get yeah, upset let's move on. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to sit down with her and give her a talking to but um so Just next hash it out oh yeah complicated next business mistake that we've made complicated funnels forcing someone to go through 12 weeks before pitching we built up to the biggest project of our, you know, the, our magnum opus of propane fitness, which was the propane protocol. It was a free product that we made that was a 12 week program. It was a full like diet and training and supplementation program with 
weekly emails going through everything. It was, it's, you know, it was, it was actually incredible, but we thought, you know, we've got a jab, 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 and then right hook. So we did that. Didn't mention any way to buy from us or whatever until week 12 of the email sequence, which by that point, do you remember what the open rate was? <laughs> oh, it was insane. It was still really high, but like, I suppose given that that was the only chance we ever had to sell something to someone, you've missed out that like you've, you've banked on someone staying fairly consistent, reading the emails every week for a quarter of the year. Do you remember what we sold? Oh, remember the offer? Don't so, upset me. <laughs> so we were, we, we've already had an inkling that one-to-one -one coaching was not going to be the thing. We're like, this takes up a lot of our time. This doesn't feel very scalable. What can we do that's more scalable than that? We're like, well, what do people want? Well, they want their macros adjusted. I know. Let's offer a service where we'll just adjust people's macros. There's no back and forth. We'll just adjust people's macros via that service and we'll charge like Spotify prices for it. We'll charge like $7.99 a month. So one of our friends who was a developer helped us build a system that if someone opted in through the calculator, it created a new spreadsheet for them. We built the spreadsheet, it was all set up, and then they would be given macros, fed through the calculator. I mean, it's awesome, to be honest. We still use it today, in part. You can't um, fault us for not, you know, we solved really our own problem. problem. Like, it was a product that yeah. we would have paid seven ninety nine dollars in a heartbeat for. Loved it, yeah. Yeah, um, which I think is actually an interesting, like, take home, is that if you, we did get loads of people sign up for it. It we? was just an absolute like, pain to. It was a nightmare because we were manually reviewing and adjusting macros and writing a little blurb each week in the spreadsheet, and then we tried to pay somebody else to do that, but we would pay that person, and it was loss making. <laughs> so it was it was seven ninety nine a month for to have every week have your macros adjusted and people would like sign up and then cancel after a couple of months and sign back up again. That was a nightmare. So at seven ninety nine a month um, minus costs. And then you've got how long it takes to adjust one of the macros, maybe 10 minutes, because you'd write, you'd check through the numbers and you'd write a little thing. And and then once you account for someone's hourly rate at £10 an hour, yeah, loss making. And that was, so that was our, that was our pitch after 12 weeks of free. So it was like opt in, we'll send you 12 weeks of, a, of an entire program completely for free. If you... <laughs> Just got massive dog barking problems today. I'm sorry if it's affecting the audio. Um, if it, if if you still want more of our help at the end of the 12 weeks, our best, the best thing we can think of to sell you is eight quid a month. That's it. It's just selling the the, the literal definition of selling yourself short, isn't it? But mm. anyway, speaking of selling, the next <laughs> business mistake that we made was sales calls for high ticket fitness so something that we often rail against because of all of the problems that it causes and we've got a video called um is high ticket fitness coaching killing your business we think yes probably but the main problem is that we were we just had an open calendar and we were doing sales calls at two in the morning to people in america yeah i, I can remember you I can remember you like texting me when you you just got off a call at two in the morning and you're like, I don't think he's going to buy Johnny. 
Horrible. It was a nightmare. Because a lot and of people, my... if you just have an open calendar, I mean, you, you've experienced this um, a lot five, five, six years ago where people will just book a call to have a chat because you've got some content online. Yeah. It's fun. They go, oh, they'll be fun to speak to. No qualifying process. So what's the lesson from that? Well, I think like views on sales calls are fairly widespread in terms of like why why I think they're a bad idea for a, for a consumer market. Um, the main thing is like if you're if you're a busy PT and you're trying to like build this online thing at the same time, you do end up. And this is basically why we were doing it, right? Like we, you and I, were still working, and we, and we were told we'll do sales calls, and you think, well. What does that open up? Like, and as soon as you want to work with someone international, when do they want to talk to you? They want to talk to you at two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so it, there's so many problems with like a one-to-one -one selling process and that you need to line up two calendars and you naturally, as the person trying to make sales and trying to run your business, you naturally want to be more flexible with your, because if you're rigid with your calendar, then no one wants to speak to you. So it's a, it's a black hole really of problems. If you're at very hard to get out of. Yeah. If you're at the stage where your business isn't scalable and you're still exchanging time for money, maybe you're a personal trainer or you're, you're delivering online coach, coaching classes, then every hour that you spend on a sales call is an hour not spent delivering on existing clients. So obviously that won't scale and that's just going to, you, you, you're taking an hour out to potentially bring in more revenue, which by definition, you're going to struggle to then deliver on and run yeah. yourself into a corner. And you eventually just reach this point where your sales call volume means that clients leave because they stop getting replies and you then get too busy with delivery to be able to take sales calls. And so you just, you by design limit your business and also very much limit your enjoyment of your, of your life. Very, very stressful. Do not worry, we still have many more business mistakes to get through, so we'll cover that next week. Um, but for now, have a look at the video in the description below for the full method that doesn't involve any of these mistakes and <laughs> synthesizes all of the, the lessons that we've learned and how we've been able to scale Propane Fitness from 8k a month up to 220k a month. So year sorry per year not per month goodness <laughs> me um, not yet anyway not yet yeah maybe that was you said from the future so to finish things off we have a few questions from you guys on instagram peter pk fitness oh how do you price one-to-one -one coaching versus group coaching we have an article on this peter we do we have loads of stuff on this, do. including the main training that we keep referencing Ooh. all of the time. That's the best thing in the world. But in general, like, well, our group coaching, we suggest about a hundred pounds a month for lots of different reasons. Um, one-to-one, -one, I, I, it largely depends on, um, how well your group coaching is going. I think if you imagine your group coaching's full and somebody's like, can I work with you one-to-one -one for 110 pounds a month? You'd be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but you know so you can start you can pretty much chart your one-to-one is your time so it's what is your time worth to you like you are it is the 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 opportunity cost of what else could you be doing with that time if you've got a busy group coaching program um it doesn't make sense for you to be charging at least any less than at least double really yep so if you have a look on propane-business.com reason being we couldn't afford propanebusiness.com because it well we, I mean, we, we could afford it but it was like 40 grand so we thought not a good use of of money to get rid of a a dash so yeah anyway go on that website <laughs> and you'll see the 100 pound an hour rule which is how to price your coaching so it, it as johnny says it's looking at what is the time cost of delivering your coaching and work backwards and then figure out a price based on how much time it'll cost you and then it means that if you get someone sign up for group or someone sign up for one-to-one there's no sense of like oh i wish they'd signed up for the other one because that's going to be a ball ache to deliver because if you're doing that mm-hmm. if that's how you're thinking then you're pricing it too low yep definitely next question oh we've got a whole bunch of them from fabio t93 fabio fabio had time off lost muscle gained gained fat how to set up training and nutrition now that i'm back If you're not going to, I know this is, I know we, this is always the answer to these questions, but you, um, <laughs> you listen to content to be directed to other bits of content, but you did a, a video about like what happens when you stop training for six months. Yeah. Did you re, did you cover like reintroducing training? I think I did briefly, but just the, the very, the cliff notes and Fabio, I would recommend having a look at the article as well, but the cliff notes is like when you get, when you get straight back into it, you can pretty much eat at maintenance and just get back into the rhythm of training and you will see yourself positively recomp. So you might not need to do anything too drastic, just build your habits back. And then after a month of getting back into the swing of training, the initial kind of doms, you know, after that first leg day after time off is brutal. Yeah. Um, then you'll be able to make a decision of like, do I want to get leaner for a bit or do I want to just carry on with muscle gain? I think my one tip for this and i'm always guilty of not listening to my own advice in this respect but the the most important thing to regain is momentum and consistency because the the doms the frustration the like the lack of progress they all come from sporadic training and if you just drop back into like three days a week start laughably light start laughably easy make it so that you don't like train once and then go, oh God, I've got to train again. Make it so like, actually that was quite good fun. Slowly build the momentum, slowly add the weight back. And before you know it, you'll be back to where you were. Yeah, exactly. So don't, don't knock yourself on the first session back. <laughs> Just don't knock yourself in general. Pretty good advice. Yeah, it's a good, good strategy. Um, mm. Fabio has also asked most annoying person on socials right now. So this is a good question. There are some annoying people on socials, and I think if they're just annoying because they're annoying, block them. You don't need to consume their content. But I think, personally, the people who I have found annoying on socials in the past trigger something in me where I think they're doing better than I think they deserve. And that's really point shining the light back on my um, inner shadow, parts of me that I haven't made peace with. So I think it's quite a useful thing to look at someone who is annoying and be like, why am I annoyed by them? Maybe it's still legitimate. You know, I get annoyed at 
people that give medical advice online who have no medical qualifications because it's dangerous and it's irresponsible. But I'm probably also annoyed because I think, well, I spent seven years training to do that and I still don't give medical advice online because I, because I know how dangerous an individual it should be. And here's this guy trying to jump the queue. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's the feeling that so people are listening to him. And for, to get people to listen to me on that, I had to go go through the proper route and do things properly and someone's like circumvented that. The the people, and I've still really never been able to figure out why it annoys me, but it's people who really like soapbox and like talk endlessly about issues, like this very similar issues. Every, every day I like check our social media, there's a story or a post from them about some like some social issue typically and it's always the same one um and i <laughs> i think the thing that i can't reconcile is like if you took the energy that you're putting into like posting to your couple of hundred followers about this and like went and joined an organization that's doing something about that and really got you really get stuck in direct that energy there you wouldn't have time to post on social media because you would actually be making a difference about the thing but but everybody else and I guess that it's our fault for having for following them, right? But everybody else just has to listen to that. It's moaning, basically, and complaining. Yeah. I think that's what I find. But I don't know what it is. I agree with you that it, when things trigger you, it's like it's something about you. I don't know what that is, though, because I don't, I don't wish that I was doing that, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, so, I, I think uh, some people say, like, any person who annoys you is just because that's something in yourself that you're resisting. I, I don't think it's as simple as that because there, there's certainly people that are just annoying and they don't you don't have traits that reflect them that but um it's just annoying yeah it's just frustrating behavior yeah yeah um but that there's a similar concept which ali abdel talks about which is that so in in talking about him leaving medicine he was like well I, I said that i wanted to save lives but actually if i really want to save lives if i become a millionaire and then donate a load of money to the malaria foundation and buy mosquito nets, it's a very unsexy but very effective way to save lives. Yeah. So it depends whether you want to save like a few lives that you're very involved in the process or like volume. Are you going mm. after like total numbers? Like how many lives can I save? It's, well, if you optimize for the, the, the CPM, then yeah. mosquito nets. Well, you've got to optimize for something, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to put the Facebook pixel <laughs> somewhere. So great question, Fabio. Hopefully that is helpful. Um, I'd like to hear who you find most annoying on socials right now. Um, how to warm up for a full body session feels like it takes forever. Yeah, some people just go overboard with warm ups. I think get your heart rate up and then whatever your first movement is, do something related to that movement. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Yeah. As long as you've got the necessary Very hard. The, I think the only thing that sometimes makes me think differently to that is I'll, I still try and do like some mobility work every day. Cause I have found when I'm consistent with little bits, it makes a difference to injury risk. So I'll do sometimes like, and I always follow, I mainly just follow what Kelly Surratt says, cause I find him very, very funny and trust him. Um, so he, he'll make me do like a hip mobility exercise. And then he always does a test retest. That's his like main structure to sort of illustrate what you're doing. And I will gain, like, he'll be like, so, you know, test this, test the flexion on this hip and this hip. And I've gained like 
inches of flexion side to side from doing something that took five minutes. I'd love to gain inches. And then I think, well, hang on. (laughs) Hang on. Like, if I'm going into training with this, like, restricted range, is that really the best idea? Like, is that... But it doesn't feel like prior to doing the exercise, it doesn't feel like I've got restricted range. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. That's the only like niggling doubt I have over like, should I be more thorough with my warm up? But in general, I completely agree with you. Like, sweat and then prepare for the movement, the specific movement, and you'll probably be okay. But I do wonder how many injuries I've had have been because I've been slightly restricted in one joint without really realizing it going into the session. Just putting pressure on something up the chain cause a compensation before you know it i've broken my toe <laughs> i mean my my toe break was traumatic so trauma, trauma yeah direct trauma to the to the poly trauma radiator was it radiator no it was gymnastics I, so i actually injured both toes but i've only fractured one very sore <laughs> i can imagine does it hurt to can you squat I can squat, but just, well, I have to have my weight on my heels, but well, actually speaking, speaking of which Fabio has said, if you have a sports injury, do you see a physio osteopath or a doctor? I never know who to go to. I've asked you this question before. Like, when is it not physio? When is it GP? Yeah. And vice versa. It, I think I have, so I tell you what, I'm going to ask you a series of things and we'll just see what you say. A series of example injuries. <laughs> okay. My, the, I've got, I've got a great one. I've got a great one. I have a swelling at the back of my knee. Medical, go to a doctor. Interesting. You, so I, I've Googled, I've Googled have it. Have you got a swelling at the back it. of your knee? No, no, no. Okay. No. This isn't real. So I've, I've Googled it and I think it says, it all says like Baker's cyst. And so I think that's probably what it is. And it says to go to a physio. So I'm going to go to a physio. What do you think? Is that a bad So idea? My, my differentials for swelling on the back of the knee would be yeah baker's cyst or a popliteal aneurysm which bless you both of which are surgical problems but you would need to be referred by your gp okay i'll think of another one my um my left shoulder like i'm just unable to get it like i can't raise my arm up past my head okay so sounds like a frozen shoulder adhesive capsulitis be fancy (laughs) Bless you. So, so I, I think in that case, you would probably, you could go GP and get referred to a physio. Or if you're a big pants money boy, just go straight to the physio. Okay. Interesting. Final one. Um, when I, I'm like walking, I like walk to work in the morning and like when I get to work, I sit down for a bit and I stand up, I go to the coffee machine and my hip like clicks and clunks. And like sometimes feels like it gives way a little bit. Mm. Should I go to the physio or the GP? Physio. Interesting. Yeah, that's a very... Why? So I, I suppose you could say like if you are considering surgery, if you're 60 years old and you you know you think it's osteoarthritis, if there's like a hotness or swelling or you feel like it's a septic joint or a new onset kind of rheumatoid arthritis or something, then, you know, that's that's more of a medical thing, isn't it? But... If it's like you've got a, a new a new pain or clunk on particular movements. Physio. Yeah, and then a good physio will be able to say, ah, this seems a bit more medical. It, it's very difficult because these are kind of testing my, like 
they're not they're not obvious really um but which i think is the problem right mm. especially if you know like a little bit about human anatomy like you're a personal trainer for example and you think like it might be this yeah like i remember reading this thing one time that said that suggests it might be this i'll go to a physio but actually it's a symptom of something more serious and that you wouldn't know because you don't have the medical training i think my personal very advanced um decision making framework is if it feels like it's in me <laughs> yeah so in this bit in that bit in here where my, my organs are or in here in my head mm -hmm. where my skull is but inside my skull <laughs> then i probably go to the doctor if it's something on like my limbs um or, or my skin skin's doctor if it's like feels like it's a muscle or a tendon or a joint uh and I, when i press it it hurts i'll go see the physio that's very reasonable <laughs> yeah <laughs> i normally also i'm sure you're the same but, but for very different reasons when i go to the physio i i have a thought in my head of like i think it's probably going to be like i'll google it i'll research it and actually a lot of my human anatomy knowledge has come from injuring various parts of me over the years reading about that joint or reading about that thing learning about all the different things that can go wrong with that and then you go to the physio thinking well is it runner's knee not sure i'm sure he'll tell me and then it's always just glute function isn't it nine times out of ten you'll be given some therabands to do that that one <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. sideline clamshells kickbacks so fabio has also asked i think we can bash through the rest of these in the rest in this let's podcast go. let's do it we've got six minutes life hack for learning lots of information e.g language translations that's over to you yeah anki anki is exactly what you're <clears> looking for fabio because it's learning lots of modular data particularly languages um, and then I think to boost it, you want some kind of immersion type um, strategy, like using Duolingo or that kind of thing. Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone, yeah. Tapes, you've got to get the tapes on the cassettes. <laughs> Plug it into your car. Um, life hack for making peeling onions less of an arse ache. Put Just a spoon buy... in your mouth. Okay, put a spoon in your mouth. That's the old wives solution. And it's, I think it's because it makes you breathe through your mouth. And so you you no, suck away the onion smell before it gets into you your breathe eyes. Through your uh, what, you have to breathe through your mouth because there's a spoon in it. You wouldn't just breathe through your nose. Yeah, I suppose that's for chopping onions. But peeling onions is different, isn't it? I would just buy frozen diced onions. Pay the premium. Yeah, it's like 20p, isn't it? I'd, yeah. I don't remember last time I peeled an onion, I'm afraid. Fabio, it's so cheap. Fro frozen frozen dice onions are so inexpensive well there's the life hack it, yeah this is the the mr money mustache thing i'd listen i'd listen to him he's on the tim ferris podcast his, his whole thing is like look for tiny little financial increments in your life that add big improvements in the, in the quality of it so like little things you can up oops like not hitting the mic when you're recording the podcast <laughs> little tiny upgrades to like buying diced chopped onions instead of like how many times a month are you like sat there crying and peeling and having you hit the mic again <laughs> having your fingers smell of onion afterwards remove that problem what's that worth it's definitely worth a couple of quid a month isn't it absolutely definitely. 
that is a as a top hack. So get some diced chopped onions. Also, uh, if you do have oniony hands or garlicky hands, let's say you don't. If you don't follow that life hack, rub them on steel. Yeah. Don't know you why. Can get it works. things that attach to sinks, can't you? That people like you can get like the like, that magnetise the back of the sink that you then rub. Steel soap. Yeah. Steel soap. Next question is from also Fabio. Final one from Fabio. <laughs> how good. does how does Yusuf ensure he doesn't re-injure his back? Great question. Have a look, Fabio, at my article called How I Fix My Chronic Back Pain. If you just Google that with propane, it's a compendium on how to do that with links to the great interview we've done with Stu McGill. Um, the short answer is stop picking the scab. Long answer is follow the recovery ladder that I've laid out in the article. There's no other way to answer that question, is there? That's not just fobbing off. That's like, that is a massive answer. We cannot possibly give a shorter one. Yeah. I mean, even just those two bits, you can go away and do that. But I mm. think have a look at the article, especially if you've got back pain. It's worth the 20 minutes to read it. Uh, Jason Fishburne. How can I test if my chosen niche, me three years ago, is a good one? Jason, I I feel bad for you now because we're, we really are pointing towards content on every question now. <laughs> but we, we have a, a video that in podcast land will be out already. Oh, do we? Do we really? I yeah. can't even remember. Am I in the video? Yeah. <laughs> when did we record the video in real land? In real land two weeks ago wow so that's terrible isn't it enjoy that jason subscribe to the channel and it will solve all of your problems and final two kieran purcell how come the podcast has changed names on spotify we have two podcasts kieran so yes has it changed names no i think it's because kieran we're linking to, yeah. So one is called Grow Your Online Fitness Business, which is this one. And then if you search Propane Fitness Podcast, that's the more fitnessy type stuff. Mm. The technical term. And then the final one, Revive Nutrition Recovery. This better be a good question. My man. I'll be, I'll be furious if this isn't a good question. Whoever's asked you're, this. You're, you're going to be furious, Johnny. Yeah. For, well, because it's antithetical to your principles as a human as a man <laughs> he's asked what are the headphones that you mentioned a while back i forgot to take a screenshot <laughs> is it airpods is it apple airpods it must it be is, it, oh, unfortunately it is the tozo nc2s currently going for like 34 quid in my opinion in my humble opinion as good as Apple AirPods. Pros. AirPods. Pros. Pros. That's casting shade, that. But pros Pro. is the squidgy oh, ones, not the, not the over-ear ones. Correct. Yeah. These ones. As Ooh. good as them, probably not as good as the Max. Well, I think it's a different, it's a different product. It's like saying an iPad. It's like saying a MacBook's better than an iPad or vice versa. Like, they're not really designed to do the same thing. Mm. I don't think. 
the thing that I'll, I don't think I'll ever understand is that you are, because you can make the same argument. Oh, you're going to shoot this down. Oh, no. Okay. You can make a very similar argument for like, why would you not buy the Google Pixel phone or the Samsung phone? Because it's like similar features, does the same thing, much cheaper. And your argument I, I suppose will be yes, but like things in the Apple ecosystem integrate with things in the Apple ecosystem. That's the true. The same can be said for AirPods. Yeah, and and actually, that's that's the one thing that Tozo NC2s will never be able to full integration. Because what, only... what you're buying them on price, right? Like you're buying them because you feel like, and it's the same reason that everybody who has an Android gives, isn't it? No one who has an Android will flex on like, yeah, but look at the operating system. Yeah, true. Like the, the continuity of an iPhone is well worth the money. I think there's very little, like the Tozo, you, like what, what do you want in terms of continuity of earphones? You want to put them in your ears and for them to connect to the device. And I've never had yep. that problem with them, so I can't think what could be improved. And I've got an Alfred hotkey for switching to Mac or iPhone. Okay. So you've, you've jimmy-rigged the, it's like someone who's got a PC and they're running like a Mac Whoops, we had a technical error there. Johnny was about to say, running a Hackintosh. Luckily, that was the end of the podcast. So, thank you for bearing with us. Speak to you next week. (laughs) 